welcome to Documentary. Yeah, a show where we watch documentaries and get together and talk about them. Can I hear you? Amen. 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 All right. Holy, holy, holy. Good morning, Lord Matt. God Hi, Jeff. Mighty. Thanks for letting me come out here. Of course. Morning, Jess. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Documentary. Welcome, everyone, to Talkumentary. What's going on, friends? My name is Jeff, and this is our show. Today, I am joined by the lovely, buttery voice of King James himself. What's up, James? What's going on? Thanks for uh, play, playing the preacher, the preacher man today. Yeah. Yeah. Also joined by Mr. Matt. What's up, buddy? Hello, sir. And we have a very special guest with us today. Matt's lovely bride, Jessica. Well, hello. Hello, my friend. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey, what's your number? <laughs> uh, we've all come down to the documentary den today to discuss a somewhat uh, depressing, but very, uh, pretty much, I thought it was a pretty well-made 90-minute documentary called... The Overnighters. It's a very broken world. Everybody's broken. The hard part is that, you know, broken people need love. People with 10 felonies is getting 100 grand a year. So I got a pretty good criminal history. I can't afford to live. And I'm just at the end of my rope. Everyone deserves a chance. This is America. That's what this country was founded on. You know? It's a hard time. We've had people sleeping in our parking lot. They're waiting to come in the building. And we're a church. This is a place where sinners should come. How long do we intend to support them here is know. my question. Because but they rape, pillage, and burn, and then they leave. This was a 2014 documentary that depicts the lives of people chasing the dream of high salaries in the North Dakota oil boom, only to discover that affordable housing is almost impossible to find. The doc focuses on the efforts of Pastor Jay Reinke. Reinke? I don't remember how. Reinke? I think I said Reinke. Reinke? Reinke. Reinke. Okay. Uh, this pastor allowed over a thousand different people to stay at his church over a period of about two years. Uh, what did you guys think overall? What was uh, just overall thought? Overall thought, yeah, it, it kind of made me mad a little bit in some in some instances. Did it? Uh, it I'm it interested kinda, to get into that. There, yeah, Matt. It, it did kind of make me mad a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jess, we were watching this. You told me earlier you weren't real stoked on this one. No, no, I wasn't. Um, so when I watched the trailer, I'm I'm from all over, but small town yeah. specific, and I I saw very beginning how exactly this was going to go like yeah. small town does not welcome strangers generally and we do. then when you talk about i mean <laughs> do we <laughs> welcome strangers well i suppose we do i thought down here we are metropolitan no, area no we don't um but yeah there was some turns i was not expecting mm -hmm. and some things i did not foresee and some of them like matt kind of upset me a bit but yeah yeah. We'll get into that. James, overall thoughts? Well, I was, when I first started, I, I was think, when I first saw it, I was thinking that it was going to be like this, about a bunch of homeless people mm -hmm. live with one man. But it turned out to be a little bit better than that. And uh, 
I'm kind of interested in the guy. Yeah. The preacher guy, you know, how he saw yep. things. He's an interesting and, character. He is, he is. Yep. So the Overnighters won a few awards, uh, including the U.S. Documentary Special Jury Award for Achievement for Intuitive Filmmaking at the Sundance Film Festival in 2014. It won Miami's Night Documentary Award for at the Miami International Film Festival in 2014. It also won Full Frame Inspiration Award at the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival and Best Documentary Feature at the Crested Butte Film Festival in 2014. The documentary was written and directed by Jesse Moss, produced by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain. Uh, this film was a Mile End Films, Aldila, Aldila Films, and Impact Partners production, distributed by Draft House Films, streamed on Tubi. And we will have all that information in the show notes as usual. Let's get into it. A quick warning before we get into the episode. If you haven't watched The Overnighters yet and you would like to, please do. Uh, this is your one and only spoiler alert. So go watch it and come back and then join us. Are you gone? Good. All right. We're back. First, let's talk about why we chose to watch The Overnighters this week. Uh, I played dealer for this and... I thought this film looked like a heartfelt, possibly kind of heavy look into a small part of American life um, that maybe some people just don't get to see. Uh, and I think for the most part, that was what we saw. I think there was a kind of a a view into maybe small town America that that maybe some of us large city larger city folk don't maybe know about so much, uh, the homelessness, the altruism of the one man and putting one man's faith to the test, uh, was an interesting concept to me based on just the trailer. So that's why I chose it. Why I thought it looked interesting. Had anybody here seen this before we did it for our show? No, I have not. Never no. even heard of it. No. Nope. Me neither. Uh, you know, predictions, James. When when we said we're watching Overnighters this this week, what were some of your predictions? What did you think? I was thinking that it was just about like I said, uh, before a bunch of homeless people just running, yeah, to make money. That's yep. why I, I I didn't even think about the whole thing, but that's what I got out of it from the beginning. Yeah, Matt. Jess? Yeah, my predictions were, I, you know, watching the trailer, I thought it'd be more involved with the oil fields and, and you know, mm -hmm. in the Northern Plains. And, well, yeah. well, after seeing it now, well, yeah. It's not really what it, it was, was, not it? really. did not yeah. focus on that. Not at, yeah. all. not at all. Jess, same same kind of thoughts? I mean, yeah, kind of. I expected a lot of, you know, the locals not liking what was happening. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I foresaw. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we did see some of that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, in the in the trailer, they did show quite a few shots of like the oil field and people mm -hmm. working on there. Really, mm -hmm. wasn't much of that. There was just some B roll no. footage, uh, you know, showing some of the guys working, but it was not a major part of what was going well, on. Well, they here. weren't really the ones that made the story. No, honestly, well, not only that, but I mean, they were painting the, the premise of them going up there was for the oil field jobs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and they didn't touch on that much. They really didn't go into much of the 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 work side of this no. at all not at all um 
Well, a little at the right. end, I guess. Like if you know, if you're older, you're not. You're probably not going to stand a chance. Was kind of what they. Yeah, that's true. Yep, and that was kind of a, a heartbreaking realization yeah. for some of those yeah. guys too. We'll get into some of our favorite or least favorite details about overnighters, but here's a quick synopsis of what went down. Uh, this documentary closely followed the tale of Pastor Jay Ranky. Uh, The Overnighters is a story of struggle. At the beginning, the documentary shows the struggle of the working men and women who made their way to the small town of Williston, North Dakota. Because of the tales that they were being told about high wages uh, for work out on the oil fields. Unfortunately, even if the people found work, which was kind of interesting to me that they didn't really talk much about the people that were working and the mm-hmm. people that weren't working and and why they were needing to do what they had to do in this documentary. But uh, they ended up having a harder time finding somewhere to live, which was, I don't think anybody saw that coming when they, then they were on their way to North Dakota. Uh, so enter Pastor Ranky. He decided to open the doors of his church and start a ministry that allows these workers to stay on the floor of the church or in the parking lot until they were able to find their own places to stay. If they weren't on the floors, like I said, they're sleeping in cars in the parking lot, and these people became known as the overnighters. If the story of struggle followed the overnighters at first, it quickly began to become clear that Pastor Ranky's struggle was just as prevalent in this story, which I would argue was the actual story yeah. here. Oh, absolutely. Was, yeah, was his struggle more than the oil field workers. Yeah, he never alluded to what his struggles were, but he he made some comments about being broken yeah. and how the overnighters were broken and yep. and that 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 was definitely tied into the Well, I think he was story. referring to his sins, like his general sin. Yeah. When he was talking about that, he wanted to be what a Christian should be. Right. Was his he his purpose, you know, yeah. and the the yeah, anyway, yeah. Yep. I think he was sincere in his heart that he really wanted to yeah. try to make that change. I agree with that. Yeah, no matter what, he just fought all the way. Yeah, yeah and I have yeah. definitely got some some things to say about about his mission and the way that he did it. Um, I do have some respect for the man because yeah. despite what people were telling him, he was doing what he felt was right, whether that was yeah. because he felt that God was calling him to do that or whether it was because he just felt that as a good human being, that's the right thing to do. Um, He wasn't letting anyone tell him otherwise unless he was, you know, breaking laws, which even then he pushed the boundaries in a few different. He did. Well, and like he said, he has floor space. Like they have nowhere to sleep and I have a floor. Yeah. Like that's just the right thing to do. Yep. I would agree with that. Um, So family stress, pressure from the community and certain laws made uh, to limit the use of RVs and parking lots. Uh, the local newspaper digging up dirt on some of the overnighters and Ranky's decision to house registered sex offenders in his own home are only a few of the things that this well-meaning pastor had to contend with. Eventually, Ranky is forced to end the overnighters ministry in his church and ultimately decides to resign. And kind of toward the end, uh, as sort of an added insult to injury, it's revealed that the pastor had been engaging in homosexual relations outside of his marriage, which ultimately led to the collapse of his family, or so we are led to to believe. In the final few scenes, sort of a, a full tie together or full, come full circle, 
Uh, Ranky is shown putting a box in his car and looking toward the oil fields for work, just like so many of the overnighters that he helped had been forced to do before him. Matt, you had some standout moments in this. Let's just get into some of the details that that stood out to you first, buddy. Yeah, the standout moments for me were, you know, when 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 Pastor Ranky was going around, you know, advocating for the overnighters, you know, he approached a house where, you know, they were obviously not approval, not approving of, right. of the group. Well, uh, they were calling them trash and, mm-hmm. and judging all the overnighters that came up there to, to try to provide for their families and themselves. Right. And really, uh, the, the, the standout moment on that was as pastor Ranky was walking away, he was also judging the homeowner, you right. know, saying how he was missing all of his teeth, living with his mom yeah. and, and, that that hypo- hypocrisy makes me angry. I hate hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, is that, and, you, is that how you you kind of like saw that the pastor was being hypocritical? He was being he was. hypocritical, you and think so? and yeah. and that's the one thing about well, people that I just I, I hate hypocrisy. How I mean, how was he being hypocritical? I mean, make well, you understand because I don't. Well, so the, you know, the homeowners were saying those people were trash. Mm-hmm. You know, those overnighters were trash. Well, that homeowner is judging those people. He don't know every single one of them, mm-hmm. you know. So, as you know, pastor was walking away, he was making his own judgments about the homeowner. Oh, okay, saying his teeth were missing and he's living with mm-hmm. his mom, and you know that's just you, daughter. You, you can't call yourself a Christian and be judgmental. Right. Yes, you call it a sin. You can call it whatever you want, but if you really want to truly be a good human being, don't pass judgment on others. Exactly, I'll get right. the point now because I. Well, I well, Sorry, ahead, where I'm Jim. from is like, it's uh, kind of like where I'm from, you know, well, where I'm from. Uh, when he said, when he said what he said was like, it's like, how dare you talk about somebody else when you're, you're, there's no good. I mean, you're not in a good spot yourself. Before you talk about your brother, pull the moat out of your own eyes first. That's yeah. kind of what he should have said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly he, right. he did make a judgment call that he shouldn't have made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a pastor. To me, to me, it was kind of, like right or wrong, whether when, you know, so he, when he walked away, he said into the microphone, something along the lines of, here's a guy who just called the overnighters trash. Now I'm not one to judge someone by their appearances, but a guy with no teeth who is living with his daughter calling other people who have needs trash. Now I kind of took it the same way James did a little bit where it's, it's more like him just commenting, like, look, you're talking about people you don't know, but I get where you're coming from too, because he's also saying the same thing about, about him. He's saying things that he doesn't need to say necessarily, you know, you know, you, you could just totally shrug it off and say, Hey, that, that person just doesn't support this. I just feel like there's gotta, and and I'm not, I'm not advocating for anybody here, but there's gotta be some frustration. I mean, this guy's going around door to door trying to just let people know what's going on. And he's a human too. So, um, I mean, kind of like he was inviting them to a mixer. He wasn't like, Hey, this is my situation. So it wasn't necessarily, and I don't think so. I think that he was sugarcoating what was actually happening Mm. and what he was actually made aware of. And he didn't make people aware of that. So like, I, I kind of agree with you, but also not so much. Sure. And that's all right. (laughs) <laughs> what what stood out to you, Jess? What was, you know, 
Um, there's a few that yeah. what what y'all just talked about that definitely stood out for both reasons. Yeah. Um, honestly, the I found it interesting. While stories of of how people got to their situation is very important, and everybody has their own story, and you clearly we just talked about you don't pass judgment amongst others, but if you're going to do something, the level that he did especially being a man in the community and a man of faith, you would think he would be open about that situation. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. And if he was, the outcome may have been different. And that's kind of what makes me mad yeah. because as a mother <clears throat> and a you know community member in a small town, if my church is bringing registered sex offenders in, I want to know why. Like mm-hmm. maybe their story is, you know, like – Keith, we right. talked about, uh, or we probably will, whatever. Yeah, he uh, he got his conviction as a eighteen year old dating a sixteen year old. Right. That's very different. Yeah, they're very different tiers and and all of that stuff. Sure. And you know, maybe explaining your your vetting process for the people you have right. around could have made a different outcome. Yeah, could have. Maybe. Maybe not. But I mean, maybe that, not. At it's small point, town. At, le- at least you right, know you're town. you're mm-hmm. being above board, and you're being you know. You, I, you're not I hiding your anything yeah. that, that way. Was you know, point was to uh, they just come straightforward, tell all that you can about yourself, and just let the let it fall where it falls. Tell the truth, and let that set you free. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you know, for for me, I think the standout moment, and and I. I'm kind of enjoying the fact that you guys had a little bit of a different um, opinion of Pastor Ranky than than I did upon first watch, because then we get to have discussions mm-hmm. and it's hopefully better uh, for people to listen to. Um, but my the the first thing that stood out to me was for the majority of the film, just his attitude, because to me. I, we've talked about in previous documentary episodes my, you know, being raised in the church and and not having the faith that I was raised with now, and but to me, he was he didn't let the stresses of what was going on keep him from doing what he felt was the right thing to do, and most of the time, with the exception of a few times. He was doing it with a smile, with as much joy as he could muster up, which being looked to as a leader in the community, whether it's in the church or, you know, otherwise, that is kind of his, you know, it's what you sort of would want to see, I think, from your pastor. You want to see him leading and despite what the struggles are, standing for what's right you know, what you believe to be right or what the church believes to be right. So to me, you know, putting stress on his family, the congregation questioning him, all the while, you know, he can't believe, and I was of a similar mind, that anybody thinks that giving someone a place, a safe place to sleep was ever viewed as controversial. And I get it depending on the people that, you know, you're bringing in and all that. But to him, it was more of a, you know, WWJD moment where mm-hmm. I've got four walls and a roof. Why why wouldn't I 
open that up. Yep. And he did have some rules. He mm -hmm. had some things. He had some suggestions. You know, he helped people when he could. Was he perfect? Nah. <laughs> he, he, he believed in second chances. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just, you know, after finding, you know, out his struggles, at least the way, you know, he, the, the documentary ended, I guess, he probably was hoping that he would get second chances yeah. too, mm -hmm. which we don't know if he did. I but. can speak a little more to that. There, there is a, an existing thirty-minute, six-month follow-up on that that I found today. Really? That I I did watch today. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I uh, I would have shared it, but it, we were crunch time. So. No. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to hear kind of what yep. what that looked like. James, talk about something that stood out to you, sir. So, <laughs> I think there's a lot of things, but the thing mm -hmm. that got me was. Uh, I don't think this pastor could see past his want to help. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. I'm saying this because um, the guy that came in was talking about all this, the Lord led me, Holy Ghost, this and that, and all this stuff he was talking. So I heard this guy talk. I'm like, look at this fool. This yeah. guy is just throwing up a bunch of baloney in front of the pastor. Tell him what he wanted to hear about the yeah. ghosts and all that stuff. And then here he is. I, I know a liar when I see him because I deal with a lot of crackheads when I was uh, living in my area. And I knew it was a big lie. And then he had to go through bar to bar to find yeah, this guy. There, there this were guy. some pretty sketchy people yeah. that were obviously you know, yeah. not telling the whole story. Yeah. That's true. That's not at all. And this is crusade that he's going, it was blinding him to the truth. That's what I right, see. but my but my rebuttal to that would be as a pastor, as a leader of the faith, it's not your job to decide whether they're lying to you about their faith or not. It's your job to lead in the faith, right? But so if he had said, you know what, I think you're full of shit, and he turned him away, that would have been an incorrect thing. You know his his job is to say, I'm hearing you. We're all broken. And you're safe here. That's the truth. I think he did say that. that exactly. Was yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he said. But yeah, I'm that's, saying that's what the part that blind him. Because see, as I watched this, I said, I said to him, I said, "There's what is this guy really trying to do? He's not bringing anybody. He's not trying to bring people to God. He's not trying to save souls. He's just saying I'm well, he Christian was. and." And I'm showing you that he, I'm he, God. He required them to attend the church just, services. Just do that, though. I mean, that's just that, you know. Well, he required them to help around doing whatever they were. And to attend the church services yeah. in order to stay there. Yeah, he required them to do all the things that his crusade himself would do. So they were like little mini right, me's. But, but what what would you have said? But you just said that he that he wasn't trying to turn people to God, he was instead just trying to make, what, himself feel better? He was trying to make, to me, he was trying to make um, people become him. You know, like, I can't really try to get to the point of what, I, you know, I'm out to help people, and I need you guys to be okay to help people and act that way. And you think that's wrong? No, that's it's cool, but as a pastor— our goal is to save souls, come to Christ, come to God. This is how God lives. This is and, the and way how God would, does. And how would you suggest that he should have done that? First of all, he should have uh, shared the gospel with people. 
So going Shared to church with him. and listening to him preach, which is what he did. I think he did more of like, these are my rules. This is what I want you to do. I feel you guys like the, do this, you'll be okay. I feel like the couple people that left kind of show what you're trying to say. Like okay. uh, when they had that conversation with that guy in the restaurant and mm -hmm. he's like, I told you, you need to be doing it this way and you're not listening to what I'm saying. And the guy's like, you have unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just, I can't live my life that way. Right. I think that's what you're referring right. to. Maybe I'm wrong, but. That's, yeah, that's close enough to what I'm saying, you know. Because when you go for Christ, you go for Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not about the money you make. It's not about what you're going to do. You're heading for Christ. And then Christ is supposed to change you on the inside. And therefore, you'll live that new life, that new way. That's the whole thing of being saved, you know. But this documentary is more of, I'm going to help these people. I'm going to do this and that. And I can't see another way. And that's that, you know. So you think this was more about his desire to help people and less about trying to lead people to a faith? Right. Okay. Um, is is Pastor Ranky living in a fantasy world during this? Is he is he playing the role of savior and trying too hard to help too many people, or is he doing exactly what he should be doing as a as a spiritual leader? I guess in the community. What do you guys think? No wrong answers, just opinions. I think he was doing, you know, the right thing. I just think his execution was a, a little off. Yeah, I think I think that he could have handled it and not in a way that is, you know, more accepting to the community, um, maybe more inducive of a good environment for the people that were sleeping on the floor. Cause you come to find out later that they didn't meet code fire code. Yeah. And so there were, you know, what he was trying to do was just what didn't seem executed well. Yeah. And set it up for failure. And I, I could definitely see that through some of the conversations he had with whether it was his church congregation or at the city hall and things where he was sort of, uh, he was getting out of it what the information he wanted to get, which I think is probably pretty typical. Um, and what I mean by that is he, I, I think he mentioned early on, like about the fire marshal where one of the guys verbally told me it should be fine. So that's what he was going off of his law. But until you know, that fire chief got, you know, in front of the city council and they said, you need to do an actual check and not just, oh, what, what do you think? Then that's when it went against the pastor and, and, and his, what he was trying to do. I'm of a mind that, and I, I've had several conversations about this over the years. And if you are claiming to be Christian and to believe that that you know that the the God of the universe has created you for one reason and that's to save the help save the souls of others and to eventually make your way to the promised land. Right. So why, if that's truly your belief, without a doubt, that's truly your belief, why would anything ever get in the way in the short amount of years that we have here? Why would that ever get in your way of just balls to the wall, proselytizing, you know, and doing everything you can to show the love of Christ, right? Which, in my opinion, 
this guy showed. Now, yeah, we see some of the things where maybe he didn't do it perfectly, but again, he's human. And this guy was doing everything he could to provide something that he believed was Christ-like to people at the detriment of his family and of the community. But but the community, I mean, James, you correct me on my biblical biblical knowledge, but Jesus didn't give a shit what the Pharisees said, what the, you know, the Sadducees said and and what the community said. What what he was, no, we're let the children come. Mm-hmm. Let the, you know, let bring love, your broken, bring lo- your you love know, thy neighbor. Bring yeah. the blind love and the thy deaf neighbor. and the poor yeah. and the Right. But Jesus did did give care mm-hmm. with the what they said. Well, because Jesus- otherwise he wouldn't try he wouldn't bring out the wrongdoings. If he didn't care nothing, then he would just simply said, spread the word and say, okay, this is this. But he cared enough to correct and have the correct amount of uh, what it is to be saved. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Don't be like the heathens. Don't be like these uh, Pharisees, how they preach this and preach that on the outside. But, but I think on what, inside is different. But I think what my point is, is just Pastor Ranky saying, despite the comfort it gives to the neighbors, I need to do what I believe is Christ-like. Whether or not we in this room believe that he did it well or not, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's what his intentions were. Right. I agree um, with that because, like I said, he what, he what he done, he really believed in it. Right. So I do agree with that, you know. Yeah. I mean, if more Christians behaved like him, there would be a lot less homeless people. It would that's be. for sure. It would yeah. be. Yeah. A lot less judgment and a lot more love. Right. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's one Christ thing he did. Like you said, he did do that. Yeah. You know, he didn't call, not judgmental on anything. He did have little moments, like you, but like mm-hmm. you said earlier, we're all humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So. To, to answer your question, yeah. though, Jeff, it's fear. The congregation is just afraid. Right. For sure. They're afraid and, of what they don't know and yep. what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're not, I mean, you're not talking about God-fearing people mm-hmm. coming to stay at their church. Right. And that's exactly what it is. It's their church and it's people who don't necessarily believe in God or are mm-hmm. new or coming back to the faith because they are broken. Right. And it's it's fear, yeah. unfortunately. Right. And and I can't say, I mean, I, agree. I put myself in in the shoes and I say, you know, the, if you knew that you had unknown people staying, you know, in your place, yeah, this is a place that I take my children and, and all that. I get the fear, but on the other side, you're a I, Christian, be a right. Christian. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you're, if you're at, you, you know, that this is a house of the Lord. And if that's what you believe, then in in my opinion that's that's the um i don't know that's kind of it should be expected i've always had i've always had an issue with churches looking down on certain people coming through the doors no matter yeah. what your story I is i loved mm-hmm. that i want to just jump in i loved that he said you know this is supposed to be a place that that mm-hmm. the broken and the damned and the condemned can yeah. come for forgiveness and for for safety right. and all of that and you're not letting these people do that right that right. was i thought a powerful moment yeah i Agreed. thought that was cool too yeah. Agreed. Um, so to to bring it away from that just a little bit, um, why were people still coming to this town? Because here's 
the word got out what seemed like of course i didn't research how long these things took and all Mm -hmm. that but it seemed like the word definitely got out that come to north dakota for money and there's plenty of jobs out here and there's all that but so is the word not getting out that people have nowhere to live well that they're not you know that's that's the piece that i don't understand there's still bus loads of people showing up how why because the media didn't tell them the media only told them enough to cause problems and then right. they stopped. That's they didn't They didn't say anything else. And honestly, the media is part of why this whole thing fell it's, apart. It's true. I, I mean, I've even before this years ago, I've seen articles and, you know, seen on, you know, TV broadcasts that the North Dakota oil fields were was the golden new golden rush mm-hmm. or gold rush. And yeah, but it really there was no housing. And and mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, I can say sorry. Jeff. No, go. I can honestly say, well, that's nothing that stood out. Even though it said about the high cost of housing, and I think that is an uprising thing to this day. You know, I mean, to get an apartment building with this two bed one bedroom, you, you're looking at like nine hundred dollars. Two bedrooms, you're looking at like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars. Yep. And people can't afford that. You know, you're just about putting people out on the streets and stuff like that. Right. And I can see that happening, and I understand these people, and I actually feel these people. When they say, "Hey, we all got a place to go. We we can't afford this. We losing our homes. We, cause you guys, you know, not you guys, but you know, I mean, the yeah. whoever's owning all the homes and stuff is so raising prices too high. So, yeah. Well, and I like to even one guy is like, I'm not homeless. I have a home. It's in Kentucky. I'm here to make a better life for right. my family because mm-hmm. the media told me this is where I need to go. Right. But nobody so bothered to say it's a disaster. Don't come. Yeah. Like, here I here I am sleeping on a floor exactly. of a church. Yeah. And you know, trying to do what's best. You know, I I can I can definitely feel the struggle mm-hmm. in that. I mean, guys left their entire family at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Pastor Ranky whose family was on the rocks because of this whole thing. Right. At one point in the doc, some of the guys kind of start to lose hope. Um, some consider, and others do uh, go back home. Um, maybe this is just you know my privilege talking a little bit, or maybe it's where. I'm from or something like that. Isn't there a whole country worth of jobs and things that, that people mm-hmm. can do? Because I, I'm, I'm sitting here li- like listening to some of the stories of these guys getting so upset about this. And I really think that the documentary didn't do a very good job of going into who was actually employed, mm-hmm. who, who was still looking for work, who, who had a home to go back to that sort of thing. And I don't know how they would have done that better, but uh, I, I felt like, you know, why do people need to be here? Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, if I got, if I decided right now or, or in any part of my life to go somewhere like this and to chase the, the, the gold rush, so to speak. As soon as I found that I was either going to have a hard time or wasn't able to find it, or I was sleeping on the floor of a church or, you know, the community didn't want me there, all that. I'm sorry, but I'd be on, I'd be, I'd be moving on, especially if I couldn't find work. Okay. There's nothing that would keep me from getting back Mm -hmm. on that bus and going, Peace. I'm going back to Omaha or wherever else or chasing the next thing or something. Going to go work at a factory for a while or something. I'm not going to stay here and sleep on this floor. I'm going to go somewhere that I can be. 
it's not like we're in the Great Depression or the 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 actual gold rush or the Oregon Trail or something where I spent my life savings and I you know wore my horses out and my <laughs> my wagons are broken down and I have no you choice. Got dysentery? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I d- died of dysentery or you know it's it's either I stay here and make it work or I die. That's not the world that these people are in, unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm missing something, um, which I'd be interested to to hear you guys' take. What's keeping no, I them com- here? I completely agree with you. I, It's not a secret. I left a job making decent money because I was unhappy. Yeah. And I had a good bed. So, right. like, yeah. if I'm in North Dakota and sleeping I find myself on, sleeping yeah. on a church cot or in my car in a parking lot or on the floor or whatever, like... I'm going to go back home and Try work again. at fast food, mm-hmm. making whatever an hour, and I'll find something eventually. Like, money's not everything. And why right. they would put themselves in that situation, I personally don't understand. Well, and maybe, like you said, it is privilege. Maybe it is a privilege thing. Well, based yeah. on a couple of people's stories, it sounds like a lot of them were there because they felt desperate in their struggles with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, when a, mm. when a person's desperate like that, they'll do just about anything. They'll move to, to wherever they feel at That's the time true. is going to yeah. be a good choice to their family, especially if they're sober enough to make that decision. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. a good point. You, that doesn't really come out until later, though. Yeah. Like the beginning, it very it seems like it's just kind of slow and and almost a little boring and kind of mundane and yeah. like, okay, you love God, we get it, you know. Yep. No offense, James. I get it. But like, then all of a sudden, you find out it's a bunch of people that have felonies, they're addicts, they're registered sex offenders. Okay, yeah, well, this is why you have nowhere to go. Right. But why chase a dream that big where you have no net? Like, I don't right. I don't get that. Yeah. And I, I think, Matt, I think you maybe hit it right on the head with the desperation. Maybe some of these uh, people were more, you know, the, the one guy who said, I don't really need to be here. I'm just here because I was told, like, you know, maybe he was the, the minority when everyone else is like, it's this or I'm in a gutter somewhere. And, you know. I don't know what else to do. And maybe, maybe they can't afford the bus trip to, to back home or they don't have home or something like that. Um, Let's talk just a little bit about what I would consider to be one of the more controversial parts of this doc or the, the part that, you know, made me feel the most unsure of. And that was the idea of of hiding someone's sex offender registry from the wow. town and the church and putting them up in his own house. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, this felt real sketchy. Yeah. Uh, you it know, calculated even, for sure. Right. Even if the guy, you know, Keith, his, his situation was, yeah, in my opinion, that's not as egregious of an offense as, you know, some of the more horrific things, but, it's still, you know, James, you and I have talked a couple of times, you know, you're still abiding by the laws of the community mm-hmm. and you have a right as a lead or you have a responsibility as a leader, I think, to um, kind of uphold some of those things. And uh, you can't just kick someone else out of your house to bring yeah. this guy in because uh, because you don't want to put him on the streets. And. You know, I know I, I feel bad for Keith because he is dealing with something. And I do, you know, t- 
to a certain extent believe in rehabilitation, no matter how egregious, you know, there, but there is things that you're going to be, uh, that it's going to be difficult no matter what. And, and, you know, the guy, Alan, that, um, uh, toward the end, he was the kind of the, the right hand guy of pastor Ranky, And it turned out that he was hiding a sex offender registry from back in 86. And, you know, he says, uh, well, was he hiding it or was the pastor hiding it? I was kind of confused about that. Cause yeah, I, it was. seemed like the pastor knew. No, no, he did. That was why he got kicked out. Yeah, okay. I think was, was because, uh, yeah, the newspaper had done a bunch of research on yeah. him and See, they and discovered that there was because of the media, he got kicked out, not the pastor. Well, the media discovered it. Then they brought it up. And the and the pastor said, how could you? Because there's no way I would have let you be I must have in charge. That. Yeah. And they don't state what he did or what the, the charge was. But he does make a statement um, that kind of hit me that was something along the lines of, it doesn't matter how good you are if you did something bad at any point in your life. It follows you. And that's all that follows you. You're not good. I'm sorry. It follows you. And that is all that follows you, not the good things. It's sad. It's such a judgment. So in my opinion, you know, depending on what the situation was, I don't know his specific situation, but yeah, some of those things probably should for the good yeah. of the community follow you. But it's also really sad in, in all things. If you get hit with a, a felony or something like that, that's what people see, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I'm a I'm a believer, at least to a certain extent, in rehabilitation and you know that people can go back to a a more uh to for the sake of the documentary, the righteous path and to to be, you know, a good upstanding citizen. And it's not the 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 sins of your past do not necessarily dictate your future but on the in the same breath which i normally walk the fence on things the sins of your past unfortunately are going to be taken into account and you do have to be held responsible for certain things too thoughts on all on any of that guys well i think that say that say my ideology applies to this whole documentary anyways yeah. because you know Pastor Rankin's, Rankin's uh, you know, past, his you know, caught up to him, you know, and it, yeah. it, it affected him on the regular. You know, he always mentioned how he's broken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that ultimately led up to him executing this poorly. And, and, and right. that was just, you know, it, it's something that affected him throughout his life. And that is what made dealing with the rest of it a struggle for him. Yeah. Right. I found it. Didn't you find it kind of weird? I don't know about anybody else, but when he was uh, confronted by the re uh, reporter about the uh, sexual things and scandals and all that, mm -hmm. he just ran. He did yeah. run because he I, didn't want to face that, it. Right. That's the point where I thought, well, hold on, wait just a minute. He should have just dealt with that right then and there instead of just running. And it made yourself seem like you just straight guilty. You're even more guilty, just, yeah. Yeah, even more, you know. But yeah. there was there was no way for him to... I th and I think he knew it. There's yeah. no way for me to combat, combat this mm -hmm. accusation without straight up admitting, yeah, I knew yep. that there was this guy 
I not only did I not tell the church and the community, but I let him stay in my house. Mm -hmm. And what does that say to me in this small town? You know, it's one thing in a big metropolitan area, like, you know, and we've all heard the, the things about Catholic priests getting moved to other churches after accusations and things like that, that, you know, is, and personally, I think that's pretty damn disgusting, but, um, you know, it's not like that in a small town. It's a, you know, once your reputation is tarnished and you guys are, uh, Matt and Jess are from smaller or lived in smaller towns and, you know, everyone knows everyone and knows yeah. their business and, and know your business. Yeah. Yeah. And your reputation, once it gets tarnished, you, you might as well kick rocks. Yeah. And I mean, agree? I think that's, yeah. And I think that's part of the whole thing. Like you're taught at a very young age, your actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. And yes, I understand not everybody has parents to teach you that, but the, but right. there's teachers, you know, coaches, various individuals in your life or just actions that teach you your actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. So to say like you do one bad thing and it leads you, follows you forever. Well, yeah, that's your consequence. It was a really bad thing. Like we're not mm -hmm. talking, you know, you took a right. piece of candy from the store. Like right. this is a, it's a big thing. It will follow you for a long time, you know? But then when you talk right. about small towns and how that, that has a stamp, like the second you, you don't just come open about something this big and this controversial. It looks sketchy, like right, James right. says, and it looks like you're hiding something. Yeah. Yeah, and then you move someone into your house without saying anything. And I don't know about you guys, but not all of his kids looked comfortable with that no, situation. Right. No, I not thought the same all. thing. Neither did his wife. <laughs> no, and right. nope. I'm going to say back. I'm going to say what a good Christian wife should say. I'm going to act how uh, you know That's the pastor's, exactly what pastor's kid yeah. is supposed mm -hmm. to act. I can't say no. I'm not comfortable with this. Right. Not in front of this camera and in front of my dad over there who's looking at me yeah. with his weird glasses and his mm -hmm. you know butt chin. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, you say he, you know, he he broke his own rule, which right? was which was come straight forward. Yep. Yeah, he broke his own rule right yep. there. Absolutely. Be honest. He yeah. did not know which how to be honest, which leads me to believe, are you ashamed of what you're doing? Because sure. if you're, if you're not ashamed of what you're doing, why not just be open with it? Hey, community, Hey, mm -hmm. congregation, mm -hmm. this is my plan. This is why I want to do it. This is, you know, the vetting process or whatever. Mm -hmm. These are the kind of people that are going to be here. Let's talk about it. Instead, yeah. he waited till everyone was asleep, met in a dark hallway to have a secret conversation right. about not releasing the information that mm -hmm. you later find out he kicked someone out of his house for right, like right. that's sketchy you're out. fucking up bro like yeah. that's not he kicked out the guy that eventually was his downfall oh yeah too. i mean mm -hmm. the guy went to that the media and yeah and yeah he he exposed the the sex offender registry and and then all of a sudden things started going yeah. downhill he could have combated that with the reporter by saying yes there is one in my, that lives with me but uh Jesus forgives everybody or something like yeah, that. Something yeah. like in that manner, right. then that would have been still talked about, but then they would have something else to think about. Well, well maybe that's right. You know, God no, that's part forgive. of the, part of one of the things they talked about in the, in the follow-up, the six months later follow-up that I found is they, after the show, they called in a lot of viewers had called in to question his motives, his real motives behind right. the overnighters. And, uh, you know, he goes on to explain, you know, his, his motives were genuine, um, 
but that was definitely a thing that people thought of after I'm sure the, the the show came out is that his motives may have been not so okay. Yeah, go ahead and start. Tell what else did you find out? In yeah, that little... so so it was a half hour long uh, clip, and they and it, it, you go watch it. It's on PBS. If you go to Google and search the Overnighters Jay Rankin follow up, it'll bring up a, a twenty seven minute video, and it basically asks a, a whole bunch of questions that you now viewers wanted to know, and it was produced by the same director. Um, and so he talks about how his family was affected, how he w was affected, and he turns out he is working in an oil field. Huh. So uh, he did he, go that he, direction. Yeah, he did go that direction. And of course, this was seven, eight years ago now. Yeah. But so I, I, I don't know what he's doing now, but he did end up going to the oil field. Um, his family stayed together. Oh, uh, wow. And yeah, I didn't see that. His coming. family stayed together. Uh -huh. Um and his, his, you know, his kids, it, it was really, it was, it was troubling for them and sure. it was hard for them to accept. And he was open about that. And, and, you know, the, obviously the overnight pro, overnighter program is, was done. Um, yeah. And never opened back up there again. So, you know, it was, it was, it was sketchy and, you know, he, he, he doesn't know how to go on and live his life now because what he was expecting to do is not what he's doing now. Yeah. It'd be hard as, at any age, especially at, at mm -hmm. a, you know, and that's what he said too. He's advanced like, advanced stage. It's, well, it, and as a, a figure in the community, yeah. like mm -hmm. everybody's watching you, what is yep. he going to yep. do, especially he's, in a small town? That's, that's what he said. He said his life was, you know, guiding people and, and that's what he felt he was supposed to do. And, and then he's working in the pipeline. He said he, he's not happy with that. And, and no. cause that's not what he felt like he was, his mission was. Yeah. Um, can we change it up just a little bit and talk about the poor seagull in this? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, at first I thought it was was he just accidentally caught a seagull, but no, it turns out that yeah. guy was actually intentionally catching Who does seagulls. That? Exactly. It, it, actually, it wasn't a seagull; it was a, it was a snow goose. I thought. It was. Oh, I some thought. sort of a bird. Okay. It was a goose. Yeah. Um, yeah. At it first, I, yeah. looked like a seagull, like a albatross. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. Anyway, so that I think that that pretty well uh, sums up, you know, kind of our feelings on the the film. So credits roll at the end, and what are we feeling? What's honestly, the I felt bad for him because yeah. of exactly what you said in the beginning. Like he had good intentions. He had it was all coming from a good place, mm -hmm. and it blew up in his face. Yeah, and James, that just made me sad. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. He's he, he was for real about what he was. Attempting and and it just turned backwards on him. Yep, I was disappointed. I was disappointed that you know the community didn't give him a chance to right the wrongs. Yeah, you know, and I and you know you always rooting for people that are trying to do good for other people. Yeah, because you know you be believe that's the mission of people that you that should be the, the yep. mission is to treat people as you want to be treated. Love thy neighbor. Right. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I I mostly felt sad. When it ended, you know, there was a kind of a strange undertone of like helping the homeless that um, was uh, sort of touted through the trailer. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer I saw, but it actually said that profits from the film are going to help the homeless. And... Um, at the end, when they had people saying their names, I don't know if you you stayed after yeah, the credits just that. a little bit. They had some of the the people saying their names and all that. It felt to me like maybe the 
the filmmaker was attempting to do a documentary mm-hmm. like um, about homelessness or you know that sort of thing and that's not what it turned into it morphed which i think is probably kind of part of the i don't know if it's fun or part of the 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 risk in making documentaries is when you go out there and you're doing real unscripted stories sometimes it turns into something that you didn't expect it to be which is kind of fun uh but you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was hoping for more of an update about some of the overnighters that were featured yep, in, in the film. You know, mm-hmm. I think that was a huge part that should have been left out. But, you know, seeing yep. seeing the direction that the show took, you know, I'm not surprised that was left out. And they, they talk about that in the follow-up, too, is they, they had to go back and, and decide what was to be shown. And, yeah. well, well, since everything turned so dark and not the way they had it intended when yeah. they started filming, you know, yeah. some things end up on the cutting room floor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no happy ending here, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And I, you know, I'm actually your ending with, with the follow-up doc was, uh, at least a little bit of an uplift because at least his family's still together. And, you know, I, with my more of a kind of, I don't know if you want to say open mind feel, but you know, my thing is if is is this man being true to himself if he's having you know homosexual right. feelings and things like that if that's who he is and how he would be happy is he is he suppressing that but that goes back to our document please check out documentaries pray away episode um, from a couple <laughs> of weeks ago and and hear more of our thoughts on that but that was my uh kind of thought but it was a compelling story i mean mm-hmm. even though it, it raised some emotions that maybe weren't fun. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a compelling story. And he talks about his public confession as well, yeah. you know, and, and how that deeply affected his family. In the end, he, he said that he prayed for his sins of, of gayness. Mm. Really? Yeah. Pray it away. He, he, Pray really it did. Away. he, he yeah. says that in the end. And then, you know, that kind of yep. contributed to my anger a little bit. Yeah. Yep. That's not a surprise to me, but it, it, it is sad. Okay. So let's talk about rankings. I think that brings us to a good, a good point where we can talk about rankings. So we need to rate this documentary with an official documentary rating. Each crew member scores a documentary with a scale of one to 10 items with one being an absolute piece of garbage and 10 being on par with the best documentary you've ever seen. The item that we chose for this week is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. <laughs> okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, holy, holy, holies as our rating item. Uh, I will start since this was my pick. I gave this a six. Uh, six holy, holy, holies. I, you know, I think it was fairly well made. Uh, I liked the emotion in it. I was hoping for a happy ending, so it falls just above midpoint for me. Uh, Matt, what'd you think, man? I gave it a three because, you know, I didn't really quite meet my expectations of what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought the message was going to be in the beginning about love thy neighbor, but it really ended up being, you know, bash the guys trying to do better. Okay. And that's exactly what I thought. So I, I, I gave the show a three. Okay. Jess, your first documentary yeah. rating. I, I'm going to give it five holies. Okay. Holy, holy, however that goes. Holy, 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 holy. It's pretty five. holy. It's pretty holy, which is interesting because there's there's a lot of holes in this, like yeah. RV bands that are unnecessary and, yeah, and all of the, the twists in it that, that come later. Um, it was better than I thought it would be, honestly, yeah. originally. It's 
although it's pretty much exactly what I expected it to be, sure. minus the darkness, yeah. I guess. Thank you for being here, Jess. Yeah, thanks for yeah, inviting me, guys. It's fun. I liked it. James. I gave it four holies. You gave it four holy, 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 holy holies. holies. Yep. All right. So after averaging everyone's scores, the official documentary rating for The Overnighters is four and a half holy, holy, holies. So that's holy, 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 holy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I want to thank my friends, my comrades, my amigos, my friends, uh, for coming and hanging out with us this week and diving into yet another documentary. As always, I love hanging out with you guys. Jess, it was wonderful to see you tonight. Uh, I would let any of you sleep on that futon or my floor or anything like that if you were uh, in need. So. Um, Same. Yeah. Our house and is I, open. And I promise I won't wake you what? up singing church church hymns. Oh, you said your house is open, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about next week's mm. episode. For next week, the crew will be putting on our sweaters and changing our shoes and watching little trains with creepy puppets all around us while we enter the neighborhood of make believe in the 2018 documentary about the beloved Mr. Rogers titled Won't You Be My Neighbor? Uh, has anyone seen that one? I haven't seen it. No, I haven't Me either. either. That is interesting. It looks good, though. There's no way this isn't going to be anything but lovely, right? Oh, it's yeah. Gonna, I mean, oh, how yeah. could it not? Maybe. We're due. We're due for... <laughs> Mr. Rogers is Mr. one of the good ones. A multi-generational yeah. uh, icon. Yeah. How could it How could mm-hmm. be worse? Yeah. Everyone, all of our listeners, please go out and check out the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, before next week's episode. It can be streamed on Netflix. So, next week, James and I are going to put our, our feet in a cool pool of water and, and cool off in our kiddie pool uh, with the rest of our best friends, one documentary at a time. Uh, go out and rate and review documentary. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating and a, a subscription. Let us know what you think of our show. You can connect with us on all the social media stuff look up at documentary podcast instagram facebook youtube uh, or you can shoot us an email at info.documentary at gmail.com jess it's been a pleasure we hope you come back and and join us again Um, i would love to the pleasure was mine oh good thanks i know it was (laughs) awesome for all of us wasn't it yes (laughs) you're welcome on behalf of dj king james Matt, Jess, and the entire documentary family. I'm your host, Jeff Kalaski, and I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you keep your minds open and be kind to each other. And love your neighbor. And love thy neighbor as yourself. Holy, 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 the Lord God almighty. <laughs> Early in the morning, something, something. Like-